Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dog Days. Um, we are diving in now to our own brains with wonderful Josh Connolly, uh, and you may you may you may notice a difference in voices. In, in that Ian has taken a, a short break and is doing lots of wonderful stuff with uh, FC Not Alone, and we are joined by the wonderful Jack Simpson. Um, and we're going to start off by recording four sessions. Uh, this first episode is with the wonderful Josh Connolly. In fact, all four we're hoping are going to be with Josh Connolly, and. Um, the first episode, we're sort of doing a, a conversation around a thing called internal family systems, which is essentially what we're made up of as, as people. Um, so dive in. I hope you enjoy this. It's a, it's a really frank, open and honest conversation with Josh, Jack and I. And uh, we really hope you enjoy. Thank you. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello and welcome to, it's not even an episode, episode one of series 15 of The Dog Days. My name is Ollie Scott and I'm here joined by Jack Simpson, a new member to The Dog Days or of The Dog Days, and an old friend, uh, a coach and um, a star in the, the game of football, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Connolly, how are you doing, sir? Do I not get Dog Days member status? But you've introduced Jack as being a new like member, a new me- yeah. yeah. And, then, and then we've got Josh. Who? Oh, you were sort of an old stalwart, really. You've, you've been a not in this room, mind. This mm. is a new room, uh, but you've been a. This must be like episode seven or eight for you now. Yeah, which is arguably more than Pooch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before I dive into you, Josh, um, I want to I want to welcome Jack Simpson on my left here. Hello, Jack. Hi, guys. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Episode uh, one of a four part episode for me, wow. uh, talking about all things life and 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 the, and the influences depending on how you are, what you're feeling, and how your day's going. I guess. Wow, diving um, straight in there. Fuck yeah. me, right? I was going to say, how you doing? <laughs> well, look, Jack. Jack is here because uh, well, firstly, Ian McKenzie is on a, a hiatus we're saying from the dog days Ian's diving into FC Not Alone um, he's actually got some really cool shit going on there which yeah is, he has yeah. Awesome. Yep. he's even got like Adidas and, I think Adidas oh, I don't want to say that <laughs> he's got a brand um, but Jack is here because uh, despite being one of my best and closest friends Jack has this wonderful brain that I've always been really interested in, but equally has started to recently take a bit of an interest into the subject of mental health. Um, has been through, like anybody, personal struggles with everything from whether it's relationships to addiction to fucking finding yourself in this weird, wonderful world. So I really wanted to bring Jack into conversations that we have, Josh in particular, because I feel when I sit here and talk to you and not to put you under any pressure, we cover a lot of ground and learn about ourselves way more in a way deeper fashion than uh, than I ever have done. Mm. So in a sort of open therapy style, um, I really want to kick things off and dive into something that you and I, I'm, I'm talking about you and me, Josh, dived into uh, personally four weeks ago, I think now. Was it? Um, yeah. I think it was, yeah. And, and it's a thing called internal family systems. Mm. I'm not going to put a title on it just yet because that makes it seem all fucking weird <laughs> and, and nebulous and, and very specific. What happened was I found myself flipping out, which is quite rare for me. And um, I felt quite, uh, I'm not going to say the word angry, but almost a little bit out of control out of my emotions. And I'm quite a, generally speaking, calm person. 
and I was on a call with a member of my team and I and I flipped out. Mm. And I ended the call and you know when you sort of you're in a bit of a rage and I kind of I stopped the call and went, that was weird. I didn't feel right. And I and I felt a little bit dirty and not kind of ashamed of myself really because I'd let this rage overtake me. And I sort of thought about it for a bit and thought, well, actually, no, I was in the right. And you do that weird thing where you go, oh, no, I was right to flip out. And then you and I were chatting about something else completely different. Some, you know, I think you were helping one of my other friends on, you know, do some therapy. And I said, do you know what, Josh? I've got a thing I want to talk to you about. And I, I kind of like kind of creepily brought it up as a thing that we could speak about objectively and uh, I was hoping that you could give me a quick solution to why I was angry <laughs> or an excuse I could give myself right and we dived into this I think you sneak coaching on me right you basically fucking flip me like a little kipper <laughs> you. you flip me <laughs> basically Jack into like this one of his little subjects right and I suddenly became a, a, a coachee of Josh Connolly <laughs> And what you happened? always have been. No, Sorry. I know, I know, and I didn't joking, know this. I didn't know this. I'm joking. I'm joking. But but right, what happened was I after you know we had then I'll go into what we spoke about. I have this feeling of weight lifted off my shoulders, and I what I want to do is kind of maybe go into what happened in that and and, and speak about the system that you used to get into my brain and help me understand what was going on. Before I ramble on, Josh, do you want to sort of? check in and anything here to sort of like verify what I'm saying or is that clear have I done a good description as to why we did this yeah no yeah that's that, that that's what happened right we have to be careful I mean I, I think you used the word therapy at one point I'm a coach so I just have to yeah <laughs> clarify that one it's please. got yeah it's yeah so edit that out or whatever you need to do no I'm joking um no but yeah I'm with you mate yeah that's what happened right so I'm gonna get a bit deeper I I sort of thought that it was the other person's fault at the beginning of the call. And I was like, you know, they triggered me and X, Y, and Z. And and I, as you do when you're going into any coaching call, you sort of set the scene, right? And the scene was that somebody had pissed me off and it had brought up these emotions. What did you then say to me when I was sort of saying, right, you know, I'm, I, I, I felt like I probably shouldn't have shouted at him, but at the same time, I think I fucking should have done. And I was sort of like, I don't know, there was a bit of tension going on in my head mm. with how I was describing this issue. And you sort of, you, I think you stopped me at some point. Even You let me talk for about, like I'm doing now, for about 15 <laughs> minutes. And then you kind of stopped me and said, I forget what you said now. Do you remember what you said? What, when I asked you to start looking at the parts of yourself? Or... Yeah, this thing. Yeah, that did we go straight there? I mean, I don't really remember, but... We didn't go straight there, but you you said this thing, which I thought was really interesting. You said... Which part of yourself do you think this is that's flaring up or that's coming up? Mm. And I'll go through it in how I thought about it in my head and how you described it. What you were essentially saying to me at that point was that there was this person or there was this part of me, Ollie Scott, the person who thinks that he's, I don't know, uh, a businessman slash fun person slash probably a bit of a fucking mess head sometimes slash loving person <laughs> slash whatever that I always think that I am just one of those people, right? And and I think when I when you said this thing to me, which was you do know that you're not just one person, it 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 kind of triggered me to think, holy shit, how can I be authentic? How can I be this person that I want to be, this this image of myself that I want to live up to, if there's not just one of them? Mm. How can how can there be eight versions yeah. of, mm. of Ollie? 
And I think that's because there's a lot of talk, like especially in the whole mental health kind of sphere at the moment. There's this talk about being authentic, isn't there? Yeah. Like being mm. your real self, right? And I think if we're really honest, all of us, right, we show up to the world in lots of lots of different ways, mm. right? That's the reality. Depending on my life circumstances, where I am, who I'm with, my truth is that I'm not always the same person, right? So then, when we say just be yourself, how do I be myself if I don't know, when I'm going into the corporate environment, I'm different to the guy that walks into the football changing rooms. Mm. Mm. I think a lot of people struggle with that because they say I'm not being authentic because I'm different all of the time, right? And we will so often, uh, almost accidentally, talk about a part of myself. Mm. Mm. When something happens, we'll say a part of myself kind of feels like I want to shout at them. Yeah. Part of me wants to shout at him. Yeah. Part of me wants to shout at him, but part yeah. of me feels sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah, when you yeah. look at it in that simple terms, you do you start to realise that there are these parts of us, right? Mm. Um and I think if we can start to move towards understanding what those parts are, why they exist and what they're trying to do, then you can start to get some clarity. And this is you know, where the internal family system stuff came in. I discovered internal family systems about Two years ago, three years ago, I read Richard Schwartz, who's the the founder who kind of came up with the concept. I read his book like two years ago. Okay. And can, I can I ask a question just very quickly? Because yeah. mm. some people might might be listening to this who <clears throat> don't know who you are. What what triggered you to look into this? Um somebody I was reading or watching mentioned internal family systems and a belief that there's parts of yourself and by a guy called Richard Schwartz. If you go back in the Dog Days catalogue, mm -hmm. I bring it up in one of the episodes. Oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. There we go. There we are, mate. There I just go. remember saying his name, yeah. right? I would have only read his book, and I, I I think we did one of the episodes not long after I'd read his book. Okay. So I was kind of starting to talk about it then. Okay, and what I want to know more granularly, rather than not from a coaching perspective, but from Josh Connolly having an interest in who he is as a person, what, how, how would you describe this? And, and why would you, why did you start to look into it yourself? Which part of you finds it interesting? Do you know what I mean? When I started doing work on myself, right. I started to realize, look, I'll introduce some of the characters that I've got. I've got, because I name them, I make them very clear. I did some of this work with you where you separate them and you kind of, for me, they end up being people. I've done work, I've done this with people where they become things, Okay. right? Um, one of the things I've got is the busy intellect. Okay. Who's the busy intellect? It's a part of myself that I'm always busy. You ask me, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm flat out, mate, I haven't stopped. And I am, I'm always busy. The phone's out, I'm on my laptop, mm. I'm busy, I'm busy, 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 busy. Right. That part of myself is existing to try and uh, stop me from slowing down because when I slow down, I struggle with the ways that I'm feeling. Right. So he mm. says I need to be busy all of the time. I've got another part of myself that I call brain box, yeah. right? That part of myself shows up when somebody on social media digs me out for something that I've said or even just disagrees. And I cut them to ribbons with my words and I'm not nice and I want to make them feel horrible by the things that I say to them. Mm. What's that part trying to protect or who's, who's that? That part of me is driven by fear of shame and is worried yeah. that when people say these things about me, I look stupid. Mm. So it's trying to protect me. A very common one that people have is the uh, the imposter syndrome, right? Right. So there's yeah. a part of themselves that shows up that says, you're not good enough. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're going to mess up, yeah. right? Now, most people say, 
get rid of him, shut him up, tell him to shut up, tell him to go ignore away. It, ignore, your ignore, yeah. your, yeah, ignore it, ignore him. Ignore him. Ignore it. But fundamentally, that imposter part of you exists for a mm. reason and it exists because it's scared of shame and it's trying to protect you. Yeah. And so the more that you push it away, the more powerful it's actually going to get normally. Yeah. Or it exists over in the background and then you start getting these uneasy feelings mm. about yourself because over in the background, you know that you don't feel good about yourself, but you're trying to keep that part of yourself quiet rather than listening to it. The work happens when you start to uh, literally separate yourself from these parts and start in your mind having conversations with them. You can soften them, right? Mm. And you can uh, you can bring them back on your side and almost hold communion with all of them so that you understand your parts, you know why they exist, you know what they're trying to do, mm. and then you can have more control over them. They're not a dirty secret part of you. They're part of you, they exist for a reason. And normally, they they came about at certain certain times of our life. They showed up to start trying to protect ourselves, and they tend when you start interacting with them, they tend to still believe that you're that age. This is what I find really interesting. And Jack, I want to kind yeah, of come yeah. on to you in a second mm. and see what resonates Please. with you when we're having this conversation. But when you say that they still think they're a certain age, right? Because that's what I find. I, the way I described it to Jack, I think I said like it's like a part of you is flaring up, yeah. and something happens in the outside world mm. to trigger this internal version of you mm. that might be twelve-year-old Ollie yeah. that was once told that he wasn't good enough, or that you yeah, know that his yeah. dad didn't turn yeah. up to rugby training or whatever it was. Yeah. That that some does it. The question I had to ask is: Does it have to happen through? Because you asked me this, Jack. Yeah. I think Mm-mm. you asked me. Does it have to happen through trauma? When does this happen? When does this crystallized mm. version of ourselves get birthed? Mm. Do you know the answer to that? Not directly, but what I would say is that when we when we talk about trauma, sometimes it depends what you mean by trauma. Yeah, it, it it these parts are normally born out of a way to try and protect you. They're trying to protect a wounded part of yourself. The, the, the system itself will call it. Um, they call them exiles. Okay. Yep. So like a wounded inner child normally part of yourself, right? So, and then your protectors exist to try and protect that part of yourself. So so normally, yeah, they're going to be born out of something like that. Um, How do you spot them? Okay. Because I, I, when you were saying, because Josh and I did some mm. of this work on a call, and um, Josh was like, can you think of any yourself and I was like how do you spot them and and I think you said to me then you spot them when you're acting when you're in when you're being yourself and you don't feel like you're you're not being yourself it's you're being yourself there's nothing there's no like, weird shit going on there when you're in self when you're fully in self when you're in your flow and you'll both know this right when everything's going well and mm. you're doing what you're you know you're you're in your flow state you you like without being too cheesy you embody like love and compassion Mm. Mm. somebody you know if somebody's there you don't get annoyed by them you don't judge them you just think that's their stuff i'm fine with that i'm really cool i'm in i'm doing what i'm doing it's fine they're not you know i'm not angry none of that stuff shows up so whenever i flip into any kind of judgment anger or i'm trying to shoot somebody down or i'm mm. trying to do something like that that doesn't embody who i am that's not in my core self, mm. then I have become at least blended. They say blended in, in the internal family systems. And, you know, I'll, I'll stress, I've read books and done a lot of kind of the research stuff on this stuff, and I've sort of used it within my coaching stuff, but I'm not like a qualified part of it. So 
like with all of the work that I do, I tend to take these concepts and bring them into a bit of layman terms and yeah. use them in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, what I find helpful. I think that's that's why this that's why we're having this conversation. You know. Yeah, and and I read a book by somebody called Jay Early, and it's called Self Therapy. And what I really liked about that is that at the beginning of the book, it says therapy one to one therapy is not for everybody. It doesn't yeah. work for everybody. And what I love about this internal family systems, and it says it in this book. Is that this is something that you can really go away and do on your do by yourself? Yeah, and I think once you get the, the concept of it, and mm. I tell people this when I when I coach them, I say if I, you know, if if I introduce this to you and it doesn't resonate with everyone, but it and it resonates, mm. we'll do a couple of sessions. Then you, you can go and do it yourself. You won't need me. Yeah, because you'll go I, away and do the work. I think it's great that you can manage it yourself and sort of have your own therapy. I find it difficult in a sense because. It's like, depending on what's going on in your day, I mean, I kind of register these moments of negativeness that, that do come come to play. I mean, an example of it, touching back on sort of being authenticity and being your authentic self, you know, from day one, I believe a lot of us are sort of always told, you know, for example, you're about to go on a date with a girl and your parents are like to you, right, just be yourself, Jack, be your authentic <laughs> self. And that's kind of something that's imprinted on you for such a long time. But then throughout you know different scenarios whether it's with girls um, getting a job actually performing in your job I think the imposter syndrome is very vacant is, is very much present um, what makes you say that do you mean like you're you'll you have to, you have to pretend to be somebody else when yeah. you're meeting a girl or when you're going for a job do you sometimes that that is that is very much that I wouldn't say some it depends what kind of girl the girl is okay. if she's like smoking hot and <laughs> like doesn't say much I am like okay right I need to be this complete alter ego which is not me um, what sort of things do you do well I, I think it depends really it, it's it, it's it's a bit like going out to a pub with your mates or you've come into a new environment and there's you know a bunch of big you know muscle bound blokes in front of you and you're in the pub and and you're sort of stood there chatting away and you are this different person it's a bit like um i'll give you an example it's um so if, if someone speaks a little bit more cockney and yeah. i'm talking to them i might sling in a bit of cockney and i'm <laughs> oh, like definitely i'm yeah, like I'm, so on that, I'm like what sling. the fuck am i doing yeah. what what do i sound like Posh yeah. Jack to Cockney Jack, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so this little examples of it in in life scenarios. Um, is that so? What's going on there? Why, like, why is Jack doing that? Well, look, uh, in very simple terms, it's trying to make sure that he fits in, right? There's a part of himself that doesn't yeah. believe that he's worthy of being in the company of these people if he bees who he really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so he a part of himself takes over. Mm. Now, you could say I need to stop that and I need to go back to being my authentic <laughs> self, or you say, you could say. I'm just kind of interacting with the world in the way that makes me feel most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I ain't, I, like the way that we sit here now and I'm sort of all open and talking about, mm. I'm not going to be like that when I go into changing rooms at football. No, no. I just, I'm, I'm not going to be yeah. like that. Yeah. Because it, like, because I won't feel comfortable. Yeah. They know when I play football, they know the work that I do, they know yeah. who I am, but there's still part of me that, you know, there's one of my cat. One of the parts of myself is the tough guy yeah, who comes yeah, out. Yeah, he's yeah. got a bit of an angry face, yeah. probably a bit more of a Cockney accent. Yeah, talks yeah. about mugging people off and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and, and I fall into that. Yeah. I fall into that kind of cat. Mm. Now, the issues start when they become polarized. Mm. What does that mean? When they become so, I know when I go into football, I'm almost leaning into this part of myself. It makes me feel protected. Yeah. That's how I'm going to kind of get through that that part of it. Sure. 
very useful when I'm actually playing football yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. right? Because I can embody it, right? Mm. And I can embody that kind of warrior kind of type of character. If it becomes polarized like it did when I was 18, 19 years old, and I'm walking through my whole life, yeah. feeling desperately alone on the inside, but walking about with my chest pumped out, <laughs> telling everyone, if you mug me off, I'll do you, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then then you can see now this part of myself has become polarized and it's yeah. taken over my life and it's mm. going to start to have a real adverse mm. effect. This mm. is what I want to stick on for a minute yes. here, right? Polarization okay. and, and what that is. How do you detect, what what's a signal to know that one of your uh, selves or whatever we're calling them has become polarized? Because you're miserable. Yeah. Okay. It's very like, the, here's the thing is we know really when, when your head goes on the pillow at night mm. and you go to, how do you feel about yourself? Yeah. How do you feel about the day? Because if you don't feel good, something's up. Mm. Something's up with the way that you're interacting with the world and something's up with the environment. Now, let me caveat that by just saying, I know mental illness is mental illness. We're not yeah. talking about that, right? Mm. I'm talking about people who can float through life feeling very uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable in yourself, something's going on. Mm. There's something wrong with the way that you're interacting with the world. Now, part of that will be the world mm -hmm. and the environment that you exist in, but part of it's gonna be the way that you're showing up to the world. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes that's happening in the mental health kind of sphere is this whole triggering thing. Mm. We've empowered people to understand when they feel triggered. Yeah. But then what we've done is acted as if when you're triggered, what you're supposed to do then is make sure, tell people to stop triggering you. Yes. I'm triggered because you talk about drinking alcohol, so you should stop talking about drinking alcohol around me. That, that's not how it works, right? Mm. If I'm triggered by you talking, I'm not triggered by you talking about alcohol, by the way. Good point. But if, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have done for nine years. Oh. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I would have a pint now, potentially. Okay, I'm just, right. His first podcast for me just calmed the nerves. Slightly. Oh, but man, anyway. you're doing fine. You're killing it. <laughs> What's in that water bottle? That yeah. is vodka. That's vodka. just <laughs> no, that's Evian, unfortunately. But when, yeah. we, but when we're triggered, mm. yeah, when something does trigger you, the next step is to ask what, what part of myself is triggered and what can I do to deal with that? Yeah. I, okay, this is interesting. I'm really glad you brought up this triggering thing because um, you're right. People see that almost as a bit of a, not a weapon, but as a protective tool to not do the work. And it's like, I don't want to go into any environment that I get triggered in. Fuck it, you can have a very small environment because mm. the worst thing is that I'm seeing from people that tend to choose that route and instead of embracing why it, it did trigger them and whatever else. And I want to work out what the thing to do is once you know what to do is that they then, the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And you then have, you're back in this kind of anti-stoic way of living, which is trying to control the uncontrollables. And that any trigger can come out at any point, yeah. right? Yeah. So what do you do then? Rather than running away and closing off and asking people to not trigger you, what do you do instead? Well, you have to look at what part of myself is being triggered here. Mm. All right. So that's the question. Not what is it about Ollie that's triggering me? What part of myself is being triggered by Ollie? And then it's about the self-works. So I do a lot of work, work in the, for children of alcoholics, yeah? A lot of children of alcoholics at the moment are starting to talk about how parents should never, ever joke about alcohol. I, I don't go along with that. Mm. Like, mm. my father-in-law yeah. sometimes makes jokes about when he was younger and he was raising kids in his 20s, raising my wife. You know, sometimes I had to have a drink on a Saturday night. Yeah. He doesn't know what it's like to grow up mm. with an alcoholic parent, and nor do I want him to. No. He's just making a harmless joke 
that's harmless in his world. And I don't, if we go down that route, then everything can trigger somebody. Yeah. If I make a joke about eating too much, there's somebody who's got a problem with overeating who I'm going to trigger. So we can't create that world. So we have to go into ourselves and start asking what part of myself is triggered. And if I can start to do the work on those parts of myself, then I can start to deal with the world and interact with the world in a new way because I don't become polarized. A part of myself doesn't become polarized. You know, if there's a, uh, a wounded inner child part of me that, that feels a bit triggered when you make a joke about alcohol, I'm just giving you like a personal example. Mm. I can either go, let me work with this wounded inner child to let him see that we live in a certain, you know, we're an adult now and we don't need to be triggered by that. Or I can start going, people like Ollie need to be abolished, which is kind of what society's doing at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and we are getting to a stage now where everyone's running around worried about what they can say. Yeah. I work with, you know, I work with founders and CEOs and leaders who are sitting down and saying to me, I really want to help these people that are struggling. But what am I supposed to do when we're in the middle of an important busy meeting and somebody's saying they're triggered and they've got sh and they're shutting the meeting down and then what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can't have that either because that's not the, that's not the way that we exist as human beings, right? If we are creating spaces for these people to be able to explore themselves in that way, then they need to start exploring themselves in that way. Again, I'll caveat it by saying if you've got a serious mental illness, then you've got a serious mental illness, and that's different. Yeah. But we're talking about emotional kind of intelligence here and, and like emotional regulation of ourselves. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. This is self-actualization. Like if, if you look at the, the, is it the Maslow hierarchy of needs or whatever, mm. that's at the, at the yeah. top, right? And having a home and all that sort of thing. Mm. I think I feel like self-actualization is at the top, which is essentially doing the work and looking into, in, into yourself. Where, when do you think... Because um, this is again why uh, Jack and I are, are talking. Jack, I hope you don't mind me being really open. Yeah. But Jack's recently. Well, I'll let, I'll let you explain. Actually, I'll let mm. you sort of cover what. Yeah, what on. was the kind of a moment for you where you felt like you were either acting irrationally or you were um, maybe needing to look into yourself a little bit? Okay, touching on recent experiences. Whatever you want. Okay, uh, I mean, there's been there's been a few different things. I think I think for a lot of us, uh, as we can all agree, lockdown has been incredibly difficult in moments because I am not as busy as I would be normally. Um, you know, I'm key. I'm trying to keep my day and routine busy, but it's it's not like a normal routine. Obviously, uh, I, at the moment, I've got a a long distance relationship. Right. Um, uh, lovely lady. Um, she's over in Dubai at the moment, but she will be back soon, which is all very exciting. Um, and in this, <laughs> for the context, then, in, <laughs> in this period of time, obviously having the separation and sort of not being as busy, wondering what they're up to, how their day's going, you know, wondering whether we will work out because of the distance. Uh, it's, right. it's trying to have sort of that closure of, you know, there were periods of unknown because I wasn't sure whether she was going to come back. I wasn't yeah. sure what was going to happen with our relationship and it was incredibly difficult and I I turned into in moments this person that just wasn't natural Jack because I was worried about the inevitable I was trying to control things that were completely out of my control and this tell me is, about that part of yourself so so in in a sense of like it, China it's it's very difficult to pinpoint because it changes all the time mm -hmm. but it's 
I would I would say it's it's not me. I, I become this person who is just like worried all the time about silly, unnecessary things that aren't even there, mm-hmm. and you create scenarios in your head like bizarre scenarios. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, I, I obviously did a little bit of reading on it. I, I spoke with people, and so many people could relate with me. Um, I think it was very difficult because I've never done something like it before with with someone I, I cared so much about, and. And every day, some days were fantastic. Some days were just very difficult and I would just go away with myself. And so, so, so going back to what you were saying, I would, these fake scenarios I would create in my head were like, I believed in them and mm. it was just insane. And I was like, what the fuck, Jack? Like, and, you know, I started to talk to people more. I started to kind of understand why I was feeling like that. And I even communicated in moments to her. And I think that communication and, and, and sort of like expression with each other has improved things. But at the same time, I had to do a lot of kind of self-work in my mm. head. Um, yeah, what what was... comes up then when you're, when you're hearing that, Josh? Like, to <clears> me, that's, <throat> I don't know what you're hearing yeah. there, but I feel like that is, and thank you for being honest, sure, by the sure, way. Sure, 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 no, no. I feel like that's, there must be some inner child thing going on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, but so... What we tend, if we jump to the inner child, mm. we miss the part that's actually showing up. And mm. the part, like if you if you think of it from a kind of uh, like IFS perspective, sure, you talked about a part of yourself that shows up that becomes worried, mm. nervous. Mm. I think you used the word controlling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, should we do? Do you want to do something on it? Should we? Mm. Yeah, yeah, let's absolutely. do it. Absolutely. So, c- can in. you try and picture that part of yourself? Um. Like visually, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it, what's it, it look like? It it's a negative, yeah, it's a negative because it's just not me. But I, a situation was thrown my way, which I'd never been in control of before, so I had no previous kind of like training. But to try it. and separate from it, because when yes. you, when you start talking, when you, when you're talking there and you're saying uh, th- that the part of you is taking over you and it's become mm. separate that part of yourself mm. and try and visualize it in your head what it looks like, yeah. 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 So can you see it as a separate part of yourself? Yes. What yes. does it feel like when you when you see it? Uh it it feels unknown if I'm honest with you because I, I, it's never really it's never it's never really been experienced. And where do you before. feel it in your body? When you think about uh, this part of yourself, where do you feel it in your it's body? It's like straight in the middle. Straight, straight in, in the heart, chest, brother. In your heart, yeah. So it's quite <laughs> yeah, a deep yeah, yeah. it's quite a deep It is feeling. a deep set feeling for sure. And what do you think that part of yourself wants? Uh, closure and 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 for to, to a relief from from feeling that way. I mean, it's from feeling it's, what way? From feeling from feeling sort of unsure, worried. And what's um, it worried about? And it's it's worried of losing something that means means a lot to you. You know, it could right. it could be anything. It doesn't just have to be yeah, this yeah. person in particular. It could be it could be a job. You yeah, know, yeah, for yeah. example, it could be your family member. It's 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 something that I'm trying to become in, more in control of, and I have very much recently. But goodness me, I mean, it's something I think we all have a problem with. And so, like but when I, we when we look at it in a very top level, mm, like we have done there, yeah. what we see is there's a part of yourself that makes you feel quite sort of tense and nervous. Yeah. that's the way it shows up for you yeah and it's trying to protect yourself from abandonment Mm, right mm, so mm, mm. it's a part of yourself that exists to protect you yeah so Mm. this isn't a bad part of yourself yes it's just a part of yourself that's showing up in a way that perhaps doesn't serve you right Mm. when it's polarized Mm, mm, yeah mm. so when we can understand that on a deep enough level about ourselves 
we can start to make it stop being so polarized. Yeah. It exists. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We know that there's always nervousness. Yeah. yeah, yeah? yeah. That happens for everyone mm. and on any level, mm. but it's not polarized. Mm. It's not making me act in a way that doesn't serve me in my life today. And so the, the, the IFS work in that way is about interacting with that part, not trying to like necessarily even control it or make it go away, mm. but make it understand that I'm an adult, yeah. right? There's lots of ways that I can deal with this situation and I understand what it's trying to do. And then you can soften, yeah. you can soften that part. And yeah. I, to, to a degree, Ollie, that's probably what we did with mm. you. And This is what I think is yes. really interesting, right? So do you hear that? Like we were saying, when the imposter syndrome turns up, yeah. don't shut it down. Yeah. This is the same thing. It's it's saying don't shame yourself for feeling that feeling. Yeah. And this is why I hear when Josh says that. It's don't don't try and like turn the feeling off. Don't try and run away from the feeling. It's acknowledge the feeling is happening mm. and actually sit in the feeling for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. And almost be with it. I mean, what we sort of just done there with Jack, like you, <clears throat> you, you, you want to sit and really kind of go into it because mm. we end up blending into it and that part of ourselves starts like yeah. worrying. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you can hear we become mm. it and it starts going, we start saying I again rather yeah, than yeah, saying yeah. it's a part of myself yeah. and start going, wow, I'm just yeah. a bit worried. And you yeah. see that part's taking over you again. Yeah. And so what you need to, what we need to do is over time when we, and we can do this by ourselves, right? Is to separate ourselves from it. Mm. Right. And, mm. and, um, you know, the work that I do regularly every morning is that I'm closing my eyes and mm. I'm visualizing these parts of myself mm. and I'm interacting with them in a compassionate way. Yeah. Cause I'm interacting as myself. The moment, Mm. I start to judge that part of myself. Yeah. I start thinking you need to go away because you're not, you're doing my head in. Yeah. Tough, yeah. tough guys come in. Yeah. yeah so yeah, another yeah. part of myself is taken over. Um, I was trying to have a, yeah. So I need to go, wait, hang on a minute. We're not, we're not here to judge, right? Yeah. I'm here to compassionately understand mm. all of the parts of myself that exist because they've all existed yeah. to try and protect me. Yeah, right. I, I do think it's quite difficult to take yourself out of yourself and visualize it separately. Mm. It's not the easiest thing to do. No. Doing that then was 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 not easy. No, right? and I, that's why I didn't want to go because you know, look, we're recording this, and yeah. you know, to to like really push you. I yeah, didn't yeah. want it, You don't want oh, to start no, opening no, no. somebody Put, up on yeah, on yeah. a podcast, but yeah, you, like I wanted to just try and get a like top top level snapshot, which sure. I think we did. But mm. I think when you're alone and you start to uh, or, or you're working with if somebody one-on-one -on -one doing it then mm. you really can start to go beyond and mm. you the ex like the experience can be massive from like 10 minutes work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it definitely resonated with me Crazy. like i i really struggle with the put with the um the visualization thing i do mm. this meditation i used to do it every day i did it every day in january yeah. and then i just it fell off because i was like yeah. oh, i was doing my head in and it actually started to trigger me a little bit because I'd be sitting there, my eyes closed, yeah. and this guy, Sam Harris, is in your ears. He's going like, yeah. in your ears? I don't know where I went there. I went, <laughs> went down well, to Somerset. In your ears? Yeah, yeah, Josh is taking over. I'm blending. Yeah, yeah, literally blending. <laughs> but so it took over, right? And and sorry, not it didn't take over. The guy's in my ears and he's going, um, you know, uh, be out of your body. You know, you're not, you're not, you're you're not anything or a cloud of. Uh, of, of sensation and um, look for the one that's thinking. It kept on saying, look for the one that's thinking. And I was like, look for the one that's thinking. And the whole idea is that there isn't one. We're just a cloud of fucking thoughts and stuff. And mm. that really started to mess with my mm. head because I was sitting there going, almost fighting it, like yeah. in and out of it. Like, wait, am I it yeah. or am I not it? Like, yeah. 
And it's Tell quite, me. it's a hard, yeah, which I'm, I'm fucking Gollum or mm, Lord yeah. of the Rings. I'm like, sweet, you're going in and out of them. And it's quite an uncomfortable mm. feeling. And I think the thing that you said to me was that that's another part of you that's trying to protect you in a way. It's like, there's a part of me that's um, almost scared of uh, realising that there's, there's clearly a domineering part that wants me to be okay and not wants me, like, me to be fucked or... Mm. you know, uh, off my head. Because don't forget, there's also Pistol where he's out of control. And I yeah. think the person that, you know, maybe Mr. Know-it-all Ollie yeah. is going, don't come out of your head too much, mate, because if you do, you're out of control again. And mm. that means you can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. And that means you can't run a business and da-da-da-da-da. Mm. So it's a deep the problem. fear. It is a yeah. big fear because like, it's... And we all, you know, Jack and I have it. We fall off the wagon or fall yeah. off, you know, yeah. off the rails or whatever once a month. Yeah, so. we have a good night. Yeah. Some topless on the bongo drums and singing, <laughs> you know, Ain't No Sunshine When She's See, it's happening. He's <laughs> taking over, Josh. I'm blending it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but it's, you know, the, the, these are the parts of uh, that I want to become more aware of. And I, and I just, I mentioned the meditation mm. thing because... I do I do think I need somebody to help guide me through it yeah. in real time. Mm. I don't know if I can do it on my own yet. It feels like you were able to do it on your own and you've been able to kind of... Mm. Yeah, look, when I first read the book a couple of years ago, you got to remember, I, I was off the back of that, What it's nearly nine years now, so it was like seven years of... Internal I'd looking. Yeah, I'd probably already been doing five years of every morning looking in with, in at myself and I already had a I, I like I'd done a lot of inner child work so right. I already knew there was like this wounded inner child part of myself so like it wasn't a brand new concept to right. me if you know what I mean and I think that's why it resonated because I heard it and it kind of it, it almost uh authenticated some of the things that I'd already been doing yeah right where I would check in with parts of myself and I think look, there's lots and lots of different concepts. There's the, you know, the. Have you ever heard of the concept? I forget what it's called, but you have mm. like the warrior and the lover and yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, magician or something like that, right? Yeah. Very similar. It's just almost like they're kind of naming them for you. Yeah. I think the kind of my masculine, feminine energy that people talk about. I think that's a very similar thing where yeah. we're just grouping them into two things, and mm. then if you look at um, most spiritual. Uh, pieces of writing they all evolve around this the yeah. bible is based around yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. saying mm. that I'm in every one of you mm. right yeah? mm. and don't fall into any of yeah. the other characters out of the bible yeah. Yeah. know that I am alive and I'm in you yeah. now I know Christians take that kind of very seriously or whatever <laughs> yeah. but I you know I read that as a piece of text of somebody mm. going listen God's in all when you get in yourself yeah. Yeah. when you become yourself you are love and compassion that's what you are and we all of all of us have that within ourselves, if we can kind of lean in and tap into it. Now, you know, it's I'll always say it's very easy to sit in this space on a podcast in flow state and yeah. sound like I've got all my shit together, mm -hmm. right? And talk about it very wisely and all that. But I'll drive home and be in one of my, you know, effing and blinding at someone on the motorway because right. I'm back in tough guys. Right. So, so like the the key point is that we recognise the self and we recognise that we polarize all of the time. Yeah. Mm. Don't think the work is about coming and being in yourself all of the time. Right, yeah. this is what I was going to say. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people will hear this and go, right, so I'm going to be some monk sitting on a mountain going, I am what I am, I am water. <laughs> That's not the end goal, right? The end no. goal is, what, what is the end goal? 
Compassion. Yeah. And what is what is compassion? When I effing blind at somebody on the motorway, mm. I don't get home and go, oh my God, you know, I do all this mental health stuff online and I'm effing and blinding at someone on the motorway. I get home and go, tough guy came out of me there because he was yeah. scared. Right. Normal have, day. I have compassion for myself, yeah? yeah? I, I go to okay. football and so I... it's compassion for self, right? That Because that's the difference. Mm. The problem I find is, try and my girlfriend hates it when I'm <laughs> overly compassionate for right. that guy on the road, I'll be like, no, but he's probably having a hard day. She's like, why can't you just yeah. be fucking angry? Yeah, with just him? be normal. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being a good twat. Just <laughs> yeah. like. So, but the, the, so there's the, I've got another part of myself, which is that, like, I imagine him uh, as like a, a bit of a hippie, yeah. long hair that he wears in a man bun, yeah. Right? Yeah. with a bit right. of a beard. Okay. Yeah. I want to touch on this, but yeah. <laughs> but there's that hippie part of myself that's just like, leave everyone, it's fine. Da -da. But that part of myself, is at the expense of myself. Mm. Right. Because I'm just overly codependent on making sure everybody else is okay, yeah? And that's okay. my way of protecting myself. Wow. And so you have to, like, we're humans. Mm. And this is the problem, I think, so often such perfection is sold in the way that people do things. Yeah. And it don't, it doesn't work like that. I, I spent two, three, four years at the beginning trying to suss it all out. And then the biggest realization I had is that I ain't supposed to suss it out. And no. the fact that I believe that I'm supposed to have it sussed out is a part of myself that's trying to protect me because yeah. he's scared that if I don't have it all sussed out, I'm going to get hurt. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Life is like mystical mm. without being too cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, you are the magician, the mis mystical <laughs> magician. <laughs> the myst yeah, yeah, but if you think of a child, we want to be in a childlike state, right? A yeah. child will pick something up, say, what's this, right? And then <laughs> you'll explain it and they go, why? And then you tell them yeah. that and then they go, why? And then you tell them that and then you go, but I why? don't know. I don't know the answer. And they go, all right, put it down and go and find something else. <laughs> because they don't, they, they, they've not had mm. any wounding in their life mm. yet that tells them, I need to know definitively yeah, yeah. what this yeah. is. Religion's been Amazing. ruined because everybody wants to know things exactly definitely yeah mm. society has become so dysfunctional because you have to pick one or the other you go on linkedin now and it's like uh either work from home all of the time or what you know or yeah. go to the office and yeah. if you're which in one, yeah, yeah, which one is it pick one or the other like, well, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's mask yeah. no mask vaccine no ma vaccine there's no yeah. like sensible conversation mm. where it's like i'm not really sure what the right answer is but i'm gonna we we create sayings like yeah. don't sit on the fence because yeah. we, what what we mean is don't go in that vulnerable yeah. bit in Make the middle. Make a decision. Yeah, yeah. right. Because we need to be sure about everything. Mm. Because we're so terrified of anything else. Uh, this is okay. Because I I'm so glad to hear you saying this. I'm reading a book, <laughs> Darren Brown, Happy, and the, the line is something like, "Why everything? Why pretty much everything is okay, and that's fine." It's something else better than that. But he's yeah. like a stoic, and I think I don't know if you know much about stoic people or if you've looked into those probably dudes. not. It's basically the stuff that we're talking about. It's very basic, raw version of all the stuff that we're speaking about. But all of this, like Marcus Aurelius and all these like mm. Roman and Greek people used to think like this, but it just got completely flipped when we came into this kind of overly, I'm going to say overly woke, overly sensitive, quite confusing society where you are forced to pick each side. Mm. And I think you're right that when you pick, because I do the same thing, this Friday, Jack and I got fucking battered. Yeah. And it was a bad idea. We, we went did. out, and I've been living this life where people have been going, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, do you know what? I've got a handle on like, how yeah. much I go out. I'm not mm. doing any drugs when I go out these days. To be honest, I finished it about 10 or 11 p.m., so I'm sorted now. I don't, yeah. I don't have any problems. Mm. Went out with Jack, got back at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. Fantastic. It was, uh, the shame, it was a big one. I'm, I only stopped feeling the shame today. Yeah. 
a because my best mate had a stroke and part of that could have been down to his lifestyle yeah. or whatever mm. b because i told myself the story that i had moved on from that old person mm. and that that old person was dead and that part of me would never arise again it's arisen again yeah and now i'm going through this deeply not that deeply because yeah. i'm able to sort of pull myself out of it a little bit now yeah but there was shame yeah, like, there was. There and was. it was compounded by my girlfriend. It was just yeah. like, the next day, she was brilliant. Unlike, also, it was your birthday. It was my birthday it's as so well. So she, yeah, it was sad. No, it's all right. We'll be all right. <laughs> You're only 29. But, it's an irrelevant birthday. So I know, exactly. But the, but it, <clears> the problem, <throat> the reason why I'm bringing that up is because yeah. I, I felt like, you're right, I've been striving for this perfect image of self mm. where none of these bad versions of me arise. When they arise, it's like a house of cards. Mm. Mm. I'm not. I'm nothing. None. Mm. All, all of the stuff I have achieved is done and gone. Yeah. Oh, let's start again. You know, mm. start the move, the streak again. Yeah. Right. Okay. I've got to go. That's back to day one. It's like if you had a drink now. You know, the same thing. Mm. Would you then wipe away all the nine years of brilliant work that you've just done? Mm. You don't. But for some reason, that goes on in your head for at least three days. <laughs> Yeah, but look, I was going to say the, the first question is always be what, what what part of yourself tells you that, right? What mm. part of yourself believes that you're not allowed to have that release on the weekend? I mean, you didn't do anything yeah. wrong, did you? I murdered four people. No. That is it. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah, she was a bitch anyway, but, and that was you know that was none of myself showing up there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you know, we didn't. It no. was actually a really tame night. And yeah. In fact, two of the guys that we were out with went until four a.m. the next night. So. No, yeah, they did. They carried on till three a.m. the next day. I, they, she said, "Oh, we're still going." I said, "Really? Oh, that's." <laughs> but we can't judge that. We're no, in, I just yeah. Wanted then, to but, cry then for them. We come back to ours, and the people that we live with went to bed at eleven. Yeah, it's a trickling thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the question? Sorry, you asked the. Which, well, what what part of yourself believes that what you did on the weekend was a problem and why does it believe it? A, you are just like riddled with anxiety anyway because of the effects of boozing at home yeah. or whatever. Was it, was it worth it? No. Sort of. That's not a trick I, question. No, no, but I... I, I, well, I, I, I the way I'd see it, I'm touching it really, really quickly. For me, I have a big problem with perfectionism every, like in terms of everything in my daily routine. I try and um, take it down a little bit in order to just go through life a bit more settled and happy. But this perfectionism comes in with me and we had such a... I had such a clear couple of weeks, good workouts, mm -hmm. you know, doing whatever work was going on at the time. But going into the night and then the next day, like you're saying, and the guilt and the shame and oh, all this perfect thing that I... I creatives it's all ruined mm. and yeah it's incredible it was incredibly frustrating would and you I, say was, that on josh's question yeah. it becomes not worth it um in moments as i get older yes because i have more responsibility i have more going on uh and i think i want to build a better life and i think things like this will slow you down is it a problem yeah. uh it can be a it can become it can become a problem then, then when it's regular. Then there's something to look at, isn't there? Yeah. And there starts to be decisions to make. Yeah. Like when I play football, mm. I'm nearly 34 now. So when I play, I can't walk for two or three days afterwards, right? And really? I've got kids and that. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know it's different. It's physical rather than mental. Yeah. But it's there. Mm. And I'm starting to get to an age now where I start to think, is this worth it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It still is exactly. at the moment. It still is at the moment, just about. And yeah. so when it's not, mm. I'll stop, mm. right? This is a question I was going to ask you as well, particularly for yourself, because you've done some work on this, but do we carry them through 
our adulthood life and thereafter. So these uh, internal family systems, and and we obviously do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inter- yeah. So they they're, they're born at a certain part of our mm. life, and then and they're, and they're here, and mm. they become polarized, and th- and that's kind of the issue. Yeah. I mean, when you go deeper on it, they they have what they call firefighters, which is the ones, yeah. which is what addiction is. Right. What do you mean? Too much pain, too much pain, put it out. Right. And whatever that might okay. be, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. We're in too much pain, we're in too much pain, too much. Just drink, just drink, just drink. And right. so I lived for a lot of my life when I was in my addiction where these firefighters were just like, it's far too much pain, let's just put out a fire. Right. So they did that by pouring alcohol over Mask it. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst the firefighters, is it always as extreme as a fire or could you have too much fun, too much fun, amplify it, cocaine? Uh... <laughs> No, I would say it's always putting out fire. I mean, look, the thing with things like cocaine, and I, I'm sure we'll go into this in other mm. other episodes that we're going to do and stuff like that, but cocaine's not really greatly different to alcohol apart from the fact that it's illegal. Right. If it was legal and regulated, yeah, it wouldn't be too dissimilar to alcohol. Yeah. Uh, alcohol, on the flip side, if alcohol was illegal you'd be buying dodgy mm. vodka that might make you go blind because mm. yeah, you'd yeah, be getting yeah. it from criminals. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you look at the history of drugs yeah. and why they're viewed in the way that they do, a lot of it can be traced back to the same kind of stuff as everything else, which is power and race. You know, crack was viewed in such a bad way because of, like, the Reagan era back in America when it was all, like, oh, yeah, these yeah. crazy people are going to mm. start doing crack everywhere, and coming to rape women and all stuff like that. So, like... Like the, the cocaine and alcohol are very very similar in 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 what they do to us. Uh, so we can separate them, but they're both drugs. One's just legal. Mm. So I mean, I've always, it's slightly a slightly controversial opinion, but I've always been of the view like if you're willing to chuck alcohol down your neck, don't dig people out that are chucking drugs down them because. What's alcohol? Yeah. If alcohol was invented now, everyone would be terrified of it. It'd be banned. Mm. If I told you there's a new drug out, a liquid form, where if you take a litre of it, just a litre, that's all you need, it could kill you if you drink it quickly, yeah? It's likely to make you completely black out, forget the night before, you'll be vomiting everywhere, you'll get in fights, you'll have sex with people that you don't want to have sex with, and (laughs) right, you you won't remember a thing, and all yada, 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 right? And it's addictive. It's the most addictive. It's more addictive than heroin, by the way, alcohol, yeah, when yeah. you become physically addicted to it. Mm. You can't stop, right? And if you do, it could kill you. Mm. You'd be like, what the fuck is that drug, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. talking about vodka. So, like, it's very easy for us to go, drugs are bad, you know, and it's a nightmare that I end up, if I do alcohol, I end up doing cocaine. I sort of think, well, what's the difference? I reckon the difference is that if I, if I, I think alcohol, you'll be knocked out. Yeah. So you you probably will stop naturally at two in the morning. Mm. Whereas the problem with uh, with doing cocaine is you probably last until yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. There's no end. Right? There's, no, There's end, no end. I would say. But but you are right. More. You're. I, I still. If I've had a night where because cocaine becomes a very regular now. It's like really it's only around certain people that come out and then you're when you're for me obviously being more booze uh, uh, drowning in booze problems when it happens is about pint 10 or 11 or maybe 9 or 10 you go yeah right right yeah, which on. is and that and that seems yeah. to be a right of passage i genuinely think it's Lose. one of the most like people don't talk about it mm. particularly openly on a podcast yeah 
I genuinely think it's one of the most. Look at all the Soho House memes and shit. Like, yeah, it's a known thing that everybody's getting to this point and they want to keep on the night, keep the night going. And yeah, exactly. And, and, and people end up doing it because they want to keep the night going. Mm. That is, which is exactly why people end up doing it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would sort of go beyond the, that that and say, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on in your life that makes you feel mm. like you need to keep going yeah. on beyond that point? Yeah. yeah, everyone's thinking it. Everyone's doing it. Not enough people are talking about it. Yeah, that is, it's so that true. Is, it's yeah, so true. Yeah. But yeah. that's the question. What's driving that? Mm. Yeah. What's driving it's, that? That is their inner self trying to be proud, almost in a way. Yeah. Know, what is it that we're running to, away from? Why yeah, do we need yeah, to get yeah. out of our heads mm. for so so much? What's driving that? It's judgment, judgment from people. Are you saying what's driving? What's driving the doing it, or what's driving not talking about it? No. What's? I would say it's fairly self-explanatory. What's driving not talking about it? Because it's a drug, and mm. like there's shame, and it's stigmatized, and all that kind of stuff. But what's driving people to feel that they need to get out of their heads so much? God, wow. Because by the way, I want to mm. get out of my head a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've quit alcohol and drugs, so I have yeah. to find different ways to do it, right? So you'll find me on a Friday night doing an hour-long breathing exercise, right? <laughs> Desperately hoping it's going to be a good one that gets me out of my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we all want to get out of our head... <laughs> mm. Drinking drugs is just a gateway to do it very quickly and without any kind of effort, right? Apart from what's going to follow afterwards. And you're asking, why do we want to get out of our heads? I'm saying with any kind of drug use mm. or any kind of addiction, and we all sit on a sliding scale. If you're doing cocaine once a week or once a month, you, you're, you're on a sliding scale. Your addiction might be level one if you know it's a 10-level addiction or whatever, right? The, the way that you understand that is ask what the benefit is of doing it. Mm. And if the benefit of why you take cocaine is to make the night go on longer, then ask yourself, why do you need the night to go on longer? Yeah. yeah. And then if you've got to that stage You're and you not... think, well, it's because I've done 10 and I should mm. have only done five, then ask yourself why you did more than five. Mm. And then if you say it's because I can't control it once I start the five and I'd rather just not do it mm. at all, then ask yourself why you did it at all. Mm. So the questions just go back and you ask yourself why, why? Like, Ollie, you said, you said yes straight away when it was a problem and you said it's not worth it. So you have a decision to yeah, make. Yeah. Mm. You have a decision to make with yourself. Do you say, right, actually, I'm going to stop it altogether. Mm. I'm going to address my relationship with it, try something new. Mm. Or you need to ask yourself, why am I self-harming myself with this stuff? Because it's not worth it. The pain is outweighing... This is what you said, this outweighing in the morning, it's outweighing wanting to do it. So you have to then start questioning, why am I still doing it? Interesting. Mm. Mm. This is really interesting. It's very difficult because there's no there's no thought process sort of before you go to see your mates of, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that tonight. Mm. It's it's sort of, as you say, 10, 11 pints in, all inhibitions lost. Yeah. It comes up in conversation, you recognize someone in your friendship area is doing it and you go yeah all right let's mm. have a laugh for a bit and that is like it, it's uncontrollable in moments and i think i think a lot of it with kind of why did you need to do those extra hours you know you aren't fully satisfied in sort of going home after a few pints you had a lovely evening you're with your missus you get into bed have a great sunday morning mm. a lot of it is getting used to that routine of going out and the drinking and then you sort of become spoiled by it mm. so you're like but why you're would, just drunk but why wouldn't and then you be like, satisfied that's the question 
Why wouldn't you be satisfied having five and going home with your missus and, and having well, an early night and well, chilling? Well, you would, but I'm saying for a lot of people that are used to that regularity of doing it, they just having a few pints uh, is sometimes not good enough. You know, they, they want that extra thrill. Mm. Um, we, we have so many options nowadays, you know, whether it's, um, you know, um, human beings to look at, you know, relationships, opportunities, drugs, like places to go, things to see, people to be around. And it's it's the world is accelerating at such a crazy rate. So you're it's, saying you want to just fucking imbibe yeah, and get it all in, like, fucking yeah. everything. And, and, and I believe we're, we're kind of going, going in, into a completely different subject now, but I think it's important to realise that when we come out of this lockdown, the world, well, the UK mm. is going to be mad in mayhem. And there's gonna, it's be, gonna be a lot of people. Summer, it? It's the Euros as well, yeah, mate. Yeah. I, <laughs> I want to. I want to make sure that we yeah. a have enough time for our next podcast, which is in a week's time. And by the way, that is going to yes. be when the world is going back, like the switch back. Yeah, on. yeah, exciting. Oh, yeah, so I want to. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind actually focusing that conversation. A, I want to report back next week to see if mm. we've had any irrational acts of fucking weird stuff going on in our days that that have arisen. Um, that have made us question which part of ourselves that was. I'd love to report back on that next week. The the other subject of next week, I think we it should be around this. What, what who do we want to be in this new release out of lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even you, Josh. Okay, fine. You're not going to be going out to pubs and getting battered or whatever. You might do. I don't know. But there's, I'm sure there's a part of you that's a little bit nervous or, or curious as to, as to what, you're, what it's going to be like when you come back out of this. Yeah, of course. And I think it's like that for everybody. It's mm. like that for everybody, right? And I think that, like, it'll be, next week it'll be a good conversation because when we we can talk about what drives us to do all of these things and yeah. I think often we create scenarios and we create reasons, but if we pin ourselves, pin ourselves down yeah. and don't let ourselves out, get out of uh, why we're doing it, what you tend to find at the end is it traces back to the same thing as everything yeah, yeah, else, yeah. which wow. is an uncomfortableness with ourselves. The great thing about next That's week crazy. is it's the day before we're having a bit of a drinking session on the Friday and there is no reason... I'm going to ruin that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, mate, this has been fucking amazing. Jack, well done for doing your first yeah, session. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been awesome. an absolute legend. Yeah. Josh, Loved always it. great to see you, my friend, and I can't wait to see you next week. Likewise. All the love. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.